Easter Mantle in the five, six and four. But certainly a lot of work happening at the football club to set themselves up for the future. With the redevelopment of the Easter Mantle Oval precinct, let's have a chat to the CEO, Todd Shimon, who's been good enough to take our call this morning. Hello, Shimo. How are you, Jacob? How are you, Wayne? Well, we're both well, thank you. Um, are you a cricket fan, Todd? Have you been losing any sleep watching the cricket? Yeah, I knew you two would be. So, um, no, I did watch to around about 11, but no, I didn't go to the, to the end, no, like you two. No, well, Wayne went to bed no. at lunch. Uh, I, got, yeah. I got to tea. Wayne's an early sleeper. I'm not. I couldn't turn the television off, but uh, it's, it's fantastic. Great time of year because we've got footy during the day and then at night we can sit down and watch the cricket. What have you made of the first 10 rounds of the, the men's competition? And what are we, 15 rounds, I think, through the women's comp now? Yeah, that's uh, the last round of the women's qualifying game, last uh, round uh, this weekend, and then they go into finals, and hopefully our girls uh, in Rogers and in the uh, our seniors will actually make the finals, which is great for the club. Um, with the men, uh, yeah, look, it's been a... Um, we've got had, had a few injuries and a few problems and some certainly some new faces into the group, so we probably have 12 new players into the group and um, from last year. And just settling them correctly, I'm I'm pretty confident of a of a stronger second half of the year than than the first half. Has it been challenging looking for grounds to train at for all of your your teams within the club, Todd? Has it been a bit of a juggling act? Yeah, absolutely, Jaco. It's one of the um, one of the biggest problems I've had um, over the last eighteen months. Just trying to um, get all our our women and men into grounds and actually. Uh, lighting uh, and training and with not interrupting our junior clubs or clubs that are actually on there and we're sharing with a few. Uh, we've been very fortunate that the Fremantle Dockers have helped us um, with training down there for most of the year. Um, and we have moved out to, we've just a deal with the City of Canning about River de Noble uh, and new lights have gone into there and now our Colts are, are training there and development squads will be. And we've got uh, two others in our zone, which in the Melville, uh, city of Melville, which is Karunda Oval and um, uh, Strickland Oval, that our women are training at. Todd, I mean, a positive of it. You, you always got to try and look for a positive. Um, because of all these problems that you've got, do you think it sort of galvanised the group a little bit to say, look, yeah, let's not worry about issues that come up. Let's just focus on winning. Because when we talk to them, there seems to be a fair positivity. Yeah, look, we had a function la- uh, last Saturday after the after the game, and certainly the atmosphere and the just the energy of the group. Um, Bill and the coaches have been very good in that area on, on on the players, especially into our women's side as well. They've been fantastic about. Yep, we know what's in front of us. We know we have to move to different grounds. Uh, it's not ideal, but uh, yeah, I think you're right in that way, Wayne. That that's galvanised them pretty well, and and they uh, they they wouldn't. Uh, put that as an excuse at all about how they're going on the field. No, they're going pretty well. Todd, I was lucky enough uh, three weeks ago to be at a luncheon where uh, there was a celebration of the club's 125 years and uh, some great players, uh, past players, chatted to uh, a great luncheon crowd at, at the Eastern Mantle Yacht Club. But there was also a bit of a time lapse of the Eastern Mantle Oval uh, redevelopment. Can you just give our listeners an update on where you're at and a likely return date to that venue? Yeah, absolutely, Jacob. Um, and, and it was a fantastic uh, day uh, at the Swan Yacht Club and a celebration of our 125th. Um, great numbers there, some some old faces, as in Brian Peake and um, Ron Alexander and a variety of different people who probably we haven't seen for a while and, and Laurie Nugent and um, Laurie Watson sort of talking about the old days. So fantastic that. 
Um, the, if you do go onto the Town, town of Eastern Manor's website, they do have that time lapse from when we started into where it is now, and it's probably gone a bit further than that. So we're, we're up to the second story. Um, and if you do park, go past Moss Street, um, peek, peek in and have a look. It is starting to work. I'm, I've actually got a site meeting uh, later this week um, where I'll probably find out some more details where it's at. But they, at the moment, the indication is still um, uh, March is um, practical completion and we can be in and hopefully settle maybe by April uh, and maybe even playing games by late April is, is the idea at the moment. So everything's progressing pretty well. Um, I'm not liking all this wet weather in the, in the last couple of uh, weeks. Um, but at the moment, I think construction-wise, that's, that's progressing very well. Todd, sort of mentioned about the players galvanising themselves. What about the, the members, the support you've got from your members and comments, and, and how is that sort of? How have you seen that? Yeah, well, they have been fantastic. I mean, they they understand that you know we're away for two years. We have to play on a different ground. Um, obviously, Wacker is a bit further away from Eastern Manor where most of them are. And it's a bit of a travel to, to watch games and so on. But most of them understand and, and have actually taken that on pretty well. I'm pretty sure they're pretty keen to get back and um, uh, into the Eastern Mantle community and uh, have a brand new facility. And, but to our members and sponsors and supporters, uh, they've been outstanding in their support of the club. Todd Chimmons with us, CEO of the Eastern Mantle Football Club. Bye for the club. The men this weekend, uh, a must-win game down in Mandurah for the ladies to book their final spot for the Waffle W. Uh, certainly a lot of action at, at the Eastern Mantle Football Club with this redevelopment we're discussing. Uh, Todd, you mentioned late April potentially to return to Shark Park next year and play home games back at Eastern Mantle Oval. Will you look at a similar fixture to this year where you were scheduled away for the first block of games and then look to, to play a series of home games for next year? Can you make that preference to the, the Football Commission? Yeah, I can, uh, and I, I probably will. Um, it all depends on how construction goes, but um, that would be my probably look at uh, maybe our first three games away and then try to schedule the rest. Uh, and the Waffle has been very good with that, uh, very com- accommodating and trying to help clubs and understand that we're in a bit of a redevelopment. Um, there could be one for South Fremantle in the future and there could be one for the Swan Districts in the future and then even talk about East Perth going out to... As out further out east as well. So these things will happen, and the Waffle are very good about trying to fixture and help uh, Waffle clubs in that way. You've been through a redevelopment of a, a venue before, your time at, at Claremont. I don't know, you'd left the club by the time that was finished. You were at East Mantle when they reopened, and, and uh, it was East Mantle actually played Claremont in that first game back at that venue. Uh, but Claremont used a, a, a few different grounds leading into uh, the return. That was mid season, that was about this time of year in 2017. Would you look at an alternate? home venue away from the Wacker if you're not able to get back to Eastern Mantle Oval in the first half of next year? Oh, we'll, we'll look at everything. Look, um, the Wacker have been good in, in, in the surface and the play, playing group uh, love playing at the Wacker. It is a, besides a little bit of uh, getting wet with a uh, bit of mud in the in the middle, it's uh, it's a wonderful playing surface and a, and, a, and a very good venue to watch football. Um so I've got to weigh that up as well about going to a uh, suburban ground where it won't be those facilities won't be there. You've got to have signage for all your sponsors and everything like that as well. So the logistics of going to a, a suburban ground is a little bit harder, uh, or going to another waffle ground because it actually have to you have to move a lot of things logistically to actually make it happen. So ideally, I would like to probably uh, have the three games away and and get into. Um, Ishmael Oval with a brand new facility 
in maybe uh, late April or early May. Todd, how, how challenging financially has it been to be playing games away from East Manila Oval and play at the, the Wacker Ground? Because I'm sure it's at a cost to the club. I'm not sure there'll be a... Will there be a profit for these two years? Or are you looking at, at just trying to break even or maybe even a small loss? Oh, no. Look, I, look we're on target to actually make a, make a surplus this year. But, it, but the last two years, we had to write off um, buildings that uh, obviously were collapsed over the last uh, two years. So... We did it over two years, and we were, we knew we were going to have some the, the two losses over the last two years. Uh, now we're, we're actually right; with the buildings have been written off. Uh, we've got a brand new facility coming. Uh, we look to have a surplus uh, this year, uh, and things are progressing pretty well. Yeah, you are right about the Wacker. It, it, it is has some costs, and it's not like being at your own ground and where you can actually uh, raise more money and not the expenses aren't so high. But um, I think the Wacker has been very good for us. In, the, in that sort of two-year period, um, and whether we have to go any further with that, we'll, we'll see down the, down, the, down the road. You've got a game in Geraldton next month, which is fantastic for your, your regional zone, which has been so good to the club, and there's been so many champions that have come from Geraldton or the surrounding regions. How significant is that a game for the football club to take your, your talents up there to the locals in Geraldton? Yeah, absolutely, Jake. I mean, that's... It's a major part of, of our football club, the Midwest. Um, it's been, it's brought down so many players over a long period of time, 40, 50 years. Uh, we have a great relationship with the GNFL and things are going well there. I must thank Andrew Lockyer, who's, who's sort of the, the person behind pushing the Saroja game last year. And then he's moved into this game and has been a major driving force with the uh, AFL Rams and, uh, and Josh Kennedy as well about getting this game up and, and moving. Uh, we're delighted that we can get, take it to, to Geraldton in July and it uh, should be a really good showcase as Peel are, are right up there with, with Strong with um, you know, we maybe have 12 uh, Dockers players travelling to, to Geraldton for that game as well. So, yeah, it should be a fantastic uh, day. And also we do have, um, well, hopefully Northampton are playing uh, uh, towns that before us in that, in that game. And it looks like J.K. and Harry Taylor may play on that game as well prior to our game. So it should be a good day, a good Sunday in Geraldton, 16th of July. And we, we see the report come out of the footy commission about, you know, getting attraction for people and, you know, crowds. Is it something that should be on a bit of a regular basis for clubs to try and get into those regional areas? Oh, absolutely, Clarkie. I mean, um, they did set aside that we try and go to two country games a year for the Waffle. And because of finances, that's as far as we can go, probably. Yeah. We could probably stretch it to three. Um, but there was a game in Broome, which is a lot uh, higher cost this year, uh, to go to Broome and taking uh, players up there. Um, and we do have the wonderful sponsorship of Rio Tinto with uh, the Footy Commission that actually allows that sponsorship in games to go to those regional areas, which is fantastic. Todd, uh, one listener off the SMS asking about the plan for... Uh, no no fences around the grounds or free entry, I think. There's a, a deal with the, the town of East Mantle when East Mantle Oval reopens, that it's a nature reserve or a park, which means that people can come and go as they please. Is that still the plan? How, how, do, you, how do you best utilise that? Will that impact money coming into the club for, for gate sales and the like? Yeah, look, this has been a push from, from council to us and then the state government to us about our funding to actually do the redevelopment. Um, and it certainly was uh, addressed over the last three years about trying to uh, take down the fences and allow community to come in uh, and, and see if they'll spend the money there without 
paying the entrance fee and see how it would work. So we have a strategy at the moment um, that we'll have the eastern side of it will be a community side of the ground. So you can anyone can come. You can sit on the bank. You can watch. There'll be food vans and catering and um, uh, drinking facilities where you can actually sit on the community side and watch the game and for no cost. But if you want to get into our instrumental members area where we, the grandstand will be and so on, it'll still be a price to get into there and you'll need to have, be a member of the club to actually make that happen. Um, so there is there is a still a, uh, a side that we will get some money from being a member, but we also open up to the community so any person can come and we'll see how this goes with the future. We think it's a way of the future that it, um, you can have a community side of your ground and it'll be a part of the waffle in the future. I don't mind that. I reckon that's got a, a little bit more uh, exploration required from all clubs to look at something very similar to that. Uh, Wayne referenced the Challenge for Change report that was released to the clubs a few weeks ago. I think you would have been privy to it at the Commission a couple of Wednesdays ago. Todd, what was the big takeaway for you from that meeting with the clubs uh, and the, the Football Commission? Oh, look, I think the the Footy Commission are more looking at the future where they, they have the same funding again in three to four years' time when their government, when their uh, deal comes up with the state government. Um, and they're just signalling that we need to look at our, our, our structure, uh, how it runs, how it's uh, administrated, how it's, how it's set up, um, which we are. But there is a, probably um, a point that we're pretty angry about as Waffle Clubs and so on. And I know my president's pretty strong about this as well, um, that we get little funding from the AFL for WA as a state. Um, and we're, we're, in, we're asked to actually put in um, some really strong talent programs for male and female, uh, and we're giving, in the overall scheme of things, we're giving less than $5 million to the state to actually run football in WA from the AFL. Um, I think that is way below what, what the amount should be, um, and if you look at other states and what we're actually seeing in deals done with Tasmania just recently, uh, Gold Coast... Uh, New South Wales, money going in there, we're way under what we should be given to, uh, to develop programs for the AFL. Something that needs to be looked at, no doubt, and, and hopefully that's addressed as we move through into a new era of, of WA football. Todd, uh, you made the very early decision this year to extend Bill Monaghan. A couple of years ago, it became a distraction for the club, Bill's contract. Are you happy with how that played out early in the year to, to sign the coach away and take that, uh, I guess, the, the, the debate or the conversation off the table? Oh, I don't think there was too much debate in that area, to be honest. Look, Bill's a very experienced coach. Um, uh, he's been able to galvanise our group, um, bring them all together. He's got a great team with him. Um, the, the players, you don't have to go down and be involved in our footy club to understand how much they are enjoying uh, his coaching. And uh, with his experience, we hopefully we can push further into finals uh, this year and hopefully for the future. So, yeah, all the best for, for Bill, I believe, in, in, the, in that signing. Club moving in the right direction, and uh, Bill certainly a big part of that as the senior coach. Todd, a very wide-ranging conversation this morning. Always nice to hear it from the man who's such a key part of the club. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Clarkie. That's Todd Schimmett, the CEO of the East Mountain Football Club, uh, joining us here on the show. And yeah, there's a lot of East Mountain people who listen, I know. Uh, we're in the Fremantle area where we are based here on Sport FM.